What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in Depth Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder for everyone watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the My Miro YouTube page, uh, like, comment, uh, share, engage, all that good stuff. Uh, we're one week away from the start of training camp. Dolphins rookies reported to the practice facility Tuesday. Dolphins veterans will report next Tuesday. And I'm just as excited as I'm sure all of you are. Last week, we uh, wrapped up our AFC East preview. We talked Jets. We talked Bills. We talked Patriots. But now that we're just a couple of days away from the start of training camp, uh, which, you know, really signals the beginning of, of the NFL being back, uh, we're going to dive into uh, my storylines and roster projection for both sides of the ball. Uh, today, we're going to be doing offense. Next week, we're going to be doing defense. Uh, and the offense side of the ball is obviously – Aside, uh, a unit that has garnered a lot of uh, attention, a lot of intrigue after, uh, you know, a really hectic, active, busy, whatever you want to call it, offseason for the Dolphins. Uh, it obviously started with the uh, the hiring of Mike McDaniel, and then it bled into free agency offseason with, you know, acquiring Teron Armstead, Tyreek Hill, and a whole bunch of other players. So we're going to start with that today. Um, I'm going to get into some th- uh, three things that I'm watching out for uh, when training camp starts. And number one is, you guys know it, it's Tua, 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 Tua. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been an offseason, or I'll say dis, uh, discourse for the third-year quarterback has been, you know, nonstop through the offseason. And, and frankly, it's probably been a little bit uh, excessive, but for, for understandable reasons. This is a, a pivotal third season for uh, the number five overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. Um, you know, whatever you want to say, whatever your opinions on Tua, positive, negative in the middle, it's a big year for him. We, we, we all know about the chatter um, that's been gone, going on and kind of clouded the team for the past year or so. Um, but they're all behind Tua for 2021. Um, so it's going to be really important for them to really get into a groove in training camp, um, you know, get this offense down, get comfortable with the guys around him. Um, I don't want to make too much of off-season workout programs when you're mainly throwing against, uh, you know, air. And especially in the case of the Dolphins, you're, you're throwing against a defense that didn't have its top two cornerbacks and Xavier Howard and Byron Jones taking part uh, in OTAs. But regardless, I thought Tua looked fine. Um, and I think that, as, as I've said before, I think this is a system that's really going to benefit him in terms of um, establishing the run taking some pressure off of him because there's a, what you hope is an effective running game, getting him in play, uh, play action situations where you kind of manipulate the defense, um, you know, and getting the ball to a lot of talented guys. Like we talked about Tyree kill uh, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, Mike Isecki, even some of the running backs in some cases. Um, as I've said, I'm not really concerned about the deep ball. For me, it's not a matter of if Tua can hit the deep ball. It's a matter of when he's going to hit the deep ball. Um, Cause on a small sample size last year, he was one of the more accurate deep ball throwers. But I mean, in terms of attempts, it ranked at the bottom of the league. So, um, yeah, I am interested to see him connect with uh, some of his, you know, wide receivers and tight ends and skill position players. Um, we saw that in all season workout programs. But again, it's it's in the middle of June and May and it's against air for the most part. So I'm definitely interested to see, um, especially during like joint practices, like, of course, preseason, those are live reps. But even in joint practices, they have a pair of those with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm interested to see if this offense is like really gelling and running and if how to it looks by the time uh, these joint practices start. Um 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of eyes, all eyes will be on tour for the most part over the next month or so. And really over the course of the uh, the season, it's going to be interesting to see how he develops. Number two on my list of offensive storylines to watch is the offensive line. Does it come together um, unlike last year? Um, we all know the debacle that that unit was last year, one of the worst units in the NFL in terms of a lot of pressures and hurries and hits and whatnot. Um, and the Dolphins went out of their way to improve that offensive line, you know, signing Teron Armstead, signing Connor Williams, um, and, and really what I think is one of, of what potentially uh, could be one of the more underrated um, kind of moves of the offseason was hiring former Boston College offensive line coach um, Matt Applebaum. You know, he had a track record at Boston College of developing multiple pros, um, you know, coaching one of the better offensive line units in college football. And now he's in Miami and he has one of the toughest jobs. I mean, I would say probably behind Mike McDaniel kind of spearheading this entire offense and team. I think Matt Applebaum definitely has probably the toughest job of any incoming coach this year. Um, Armstead didn't really participate in the uh, the offseason workout program as he kind of recovers for some injuries that he suffered in his last season um, with the Saints. Um, but the expectation is that he's going to be out there for the start of training camp. Um, uh, Connor Williams, who mainly played left guard with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, he said that he expects to play center, which is a bit of a transition. Um, he, he's never played center in an NFL regular season game. He's done a little bit in training camp. Um, back when he was with Dallas. Um, but it looks like he's going to move to center. And with that, the expectation is that Robert Hunt stays at right guard. Liam Eichenberg moves to left guard. Austin Jackson moves to right tackle. Um, I, I've said that, you know, I think that the Dolphins made really strong moves in signing those two vets in Armstead and Williams. Um, but you still have two major question marks. And I would say you possibly have a third question mark with Connor Williams playing at center, a position that he's never played in a meaningful game. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see again. I think that all five of those guys in some way or shape or form are going to be the five starters. Um, but you just never know what a new coaching staff. Um, I'm curious to see if there are any wrinkles. You know, last year we saw a lot of twink, uh, you know, tinkering with that offensive line, moving guys back and forth during um, the summer. Um, I'm curious to see if they do that or if they just kind of say, hey, the five guys that we saw during the offseason workouts, we want to roll with that. Um, let them do trial by fire, see how it goes and go from there. Um, and then also in addition to that, you know, is there a young guy that kind of sneaks up and surprises everyone? Um, again, I, I fully expect barring injury or barring, you know, just a huge change of development. I expect those five guys I talked about before um, to start, um, you know, along the offensive line. But there's a number of young guys who have been kind of intriguing over the past couple of years and maybe they sneak in. Um, a guy like Robert Jones, who was an undrafted rookie, um, but was able to make the 53 man roster last year. Um, he started at right tackle um, for Jesse Davis in the final game of the season. Does he potentially, you know, workers maybe sneak his way into the starting lineup or kind of capture one of those top backup roles? Um, another guy that I'm kind of looking out for is Kellen Deesh, um, who was another undrafted rookie this year, um, didn't go selected in the 2022 draft, um, but he was given the most guarantees out of any Miami Dolphin undrafted free agent. You just got to follow the money. Last year, um, I believe Robert Jones and Trill Williams were um, two guys who got a lot of money comparatively and guarantees, um, you know, to other undrafted free agents, they made the roster. Um, this year, Deesh is one of those guys. Um, you know, he's an old, older player who, who's going to turn 25 before the start of the se before the start of the season. Um, you know, he has kind of a kind of a 
I don't want to say abnormal, but kind of a, a unique frame in terms of him being six seven, but just being very lanky. Um, which you know, and having you know shorter arms, which I think factored into him not getting drafted. Um, but he had tested in terms of offensive linemen, he had one of the best testing um at the at the combine, you know, 40 yard dash, um, 10 yard split. Um, broad jump, all that. It, it was among the best um, in, in at the combine for his position group. And I think that that's a reason that this coaching staff coveted him and kind of sought him out. Um, you know, we know that with this zone running scheme, um, offensive linemen who can move, get out into the get out into the open space and get onto their blocks. Those are guys that are, are going to excel and be coveted in this scheme. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't want to kind of forecast too much, but I think Kellen Deesh is a guy that, um, has a real strong chance to make this roster. If he can, you know, get the playbook that he's been here for rookie mini camp OTAs. Um, if he can, if he can make some strides and impress uh, the coaching staff in the next couple of weeks, I think that there's a strong chance that, uh, you know, he makes this roster. Um, and, and really I, I kind of look back to last year with this unit where, um, the Dolphins had a pair of joint practices with the Bears and the Falcons, and it just didn't go well for that unit. I, I, I obviously, as you guys know, I came in the middle of training camp, um, but I was here for the Atlanta Falcons during practice, and it was not it was not pretty for that unit. I mean, I, I got to be honest, I kind of knew that this unit was going to struggle after I saw them um, kind of get manhandled by an Atlanta Falcons defense that really wasn't all that great last year. Um, so again, I think that along with you know the entire unit. Um, the entire offense, we're really going to get a feel for this offensive line um, when they get those live reps and joint practices against the uh, Buccaneers and the Eagles. So the last uh, storyline that I'm looking out for um, that I'll be monitoring on the offensive side of the ball is what skill position players on the bubble show up. Um, again, we know guys like Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, those guys are those guys are established. They're locks to make the team. But I think there's a lot of there's a couple of interesting uh, roster decisions um, that will have to be made, particularly at a wide receiver, tight end, and potentially running back. So I'll start at running back, where again, um, it it looks like the the top three running backs are probably going to be the offseason additions that the Dolphins made this year. So uh, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and Sonny Michelle. Um, but if the Dolphins want to keep a fourth running back, I mean, you have some interesting names there. You have Miles Gaskin, Savan Ahmed, Saquandre Wright, Jared Dokes. Um, all those guys seem to have been coveted at one point. Um, Gaskin and Ahmed being former undrafted free agents who um, kind of made names for themselves on the Dolphins. Um, Saquandre Wright being an undrafted rookie this year and Jared Dokes being a, you know, a late round pick from, from the previous year. Um, obviously out of that group, Gaskin is the most accomplished um, but I'd say Ahmed probably has maybe uh, more the more more familiarity with this scheme, um, as um, some people don't know. But he actually spent a brief he had a brief stint with the San Francisco 49ers back in 2020, I believe, um, when Mike McDaniel was still the run game coordinator. So there is a, some familiarity there. Um, but I would say Zaquandre Wright is kind of the dark horse. I mean, he had an impressive uh, college career um, at, at South Carolina. Um, a couple of people, a lot of people were surprised that he went undrafted. I thought he looked good um, during um, offseason workouts. Obviously, again, not tackling guys, 
you're not really going up against a live defense, so you don't want to take too much stock into it. Uh, but if there's any dark horse among that group, I think definitely he could be a guy who maybe sneaks into that fourth and final roster spot. Um, and at the wide receiver and tight end group, um, you have a lot of really interesting names who I think are on the bubble right now. Um, and there's the potential that a, a very talented player or a couple of t- very talented players um, don't make this 53-man roster. And that just speaks to the talent and depth on this team right now. Um, so I'll start at wide receiver where, Really, the question is, is is this the last chance for Lynn Bowden Jr. and Preston Williams? Both guys who are, I guess, in the case of Williams, who, you know, had a really strong rookie season as an undrafted guy, um, hasn't been able to recapture that form, um, you know, was inactive for most of the time last year, but they resigned him to a, to a one-year deal. So maybe he gets one more shot to kind of show what he can do as a receiver, maybe a returner. Um, and, and Lynn Bowden Jr. being a guy that the Dolphins traded for. Um, so obviously he still has some supporters. Um, Chris Greer um, was around when they traded for him. Um, but injuries have just been the name of the game for him. Like he, he has the talent, he has the skill set, and he has a skill set that I think could really be unlocked in this Mike McDaniel-led offense. Um, but the question is, you know, can he stay healthy? You know, even McDaniel said that when uh, we first talked to him at the beginning of OTAs, he said, hey, he has a he has a very interesting skill set, one that I'm intrigued with. But until he gets on the field, we can't really talk about him. Unfortunately, uh, Bowden, after, I think he dealt with the hamstring injury last year that landed him on IR. Um, we saw him out at, at OTAs. He made some plays. Um, so the question now is, can, can one of those guys stick? Because I think that um, there's four wide receivers that are locks to make this roster in uh, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, and then uh, the fourth round pick, Eric Azucama. So the question is, can one of those guys stick? Um, and, and those two returning guys are going to have to kind of fend off um, a, a couple of new additions who have, you know, uh, a history with Mike McDaniel, and that being Trent Sherfield and River Craycraft. Um, both these guys, like I said, spent time with McDaniel uh, with the 49 um, they didn't have huge receiving numbers. They were more kind of reserve guys, special teams guys. Um, but really, you have to factor them in, factor them in as strong candidates to make this roster um, because of that special teams prowess um, and you know their familiarity with this offense. Um, you know, when you get down to the final roster spots, guys who aren't going to be playing a lot of time on offense, but you still need them to to kind of to be depth pieces. They have to contribute on special teams. And if you look back at uh, Sherfield and uh, Craycraft's history they have a ton of special teams experience. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if, again, if maybe Sherfield and Craycraft can not only establish themselves on special teams, but make some plays on offense, and maybe that gives them a leg up uh, on guys like Bowden and Williams. And at tight end, um, I think this is a very interesting group because we know Mike Gusecki and Darren Smythe are going to be the top two tight ends there. Um, the usage of those guys, particularly Gusecki, is going to be interesting because we know that this is a, an offense that requires tight ends to not only catch the ball but block. And Gusecki, that just isn't a strength of his. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do and how they utilize both those guys. Um, after that, you know, Hunter Long is a guy who I don't think is on the bubble, um, but I think he's definitely like competing for playing time during training camp. Um, he really didn't do much as a rookie. Um, maybe um, with tight end, new tight ends coach, John Embry, a new scheme, second year in the NFL, maybe things start to click. And then after that, you have, you know, again, a couple of bubble guys where it could go either way, depending on the coach's thinkings. Um, you have a guy like Adam Shaheen, who started seven games last year, but he had some knee injuries and his playing time diminished over the course of the year. You have a guy like Stephen Carter who hasn't didn't really play on uh, on offense, um, but he was a key special teams contributor. And like I said, when you get down to those final roster spots, um, special teams is very, very important. 
So does that give a guy like Stephen Carter a leg up? Or do they say, hey, we, we want to go with the offensive skill set of Adam Shaheen and, and make it work with the numbers? Um, now, that's going to be an interesting question to see. Um, obviously, training camp, the joint practices, um, and then especially the preseason games are all going to be very, very important um, in you know deciding who those final roster spots go out to. Um, so like you all, I'm very interested to see how that develops. Uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back on the other side of things, I'm going to give my roster projection for the Dolphins offense. Uh, we know there's some locks, some guys that are definitely going to make the roster, uh, but I might have a couple, a couple surprises for you. So uh, stay locked with me. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins Net Podcast, previewing the offensive side of the ball for the Dolphins ahead of training camp. Um, the start of training camp, which, um, you know, opens next week. Um, Dolphins rookies, as I said, reported Tuesday. Uh, vets are reporting next Tuesday. And we're going to get this thing underway. Uh, first half of the pod, we're talking about uh, top storylines that I'll be watching um, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and now we're going to get into the roster projection. Like I said, um, a lot of turnover on this side of the ball, a lot of additions, a new coaching staff. Um, I think it makes for a very, very interesting summer on that side of the ball. Um, but we're going to start um, with the position group that I don't think there are many questions in terms of the makeup this season. Um, and that's the quarterback position where I think that um, Tua Tungvaloa comes in as the unquestioned starter for 2021. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater, um, they signed as the backup. I think the question um, with this position group is what happens with seventh round pick Skylar Thompson. Um, he's a player that has um, knowledge of the West Coast system, um, but just given the, the constraints of the roster, I'm not sure he makes it. So the, the, the question for me is, does he impress enough um, in training camp and or I guess preseason when people other people can watch him does he impress enough to the point where somebody um you know puts in a waiver claim for him if he doesn't make it through the, the round of roster cuts I tend to say uh that that's not the case um he clears waivers they sign him back to the practice squad as kind of a developmental quarterback um and all is good in the quarterback room um next is running back where I think that the intrigue really starts like I said I I think Edmonds, Mostert, Michelle, all those guys are going to be on this roster um, and they're going to have various roles. Um, but with Mostert, who um, has been recovering from um, a knee surgery that he uh, that limited him to just one game, um, he hasn't participated in OTA, OTAs. Um, they haven't given a, a firm timeline on him, but the plan McDaniel said is to have him ready for week one. 
Um, if he's ready for week one and he's healthy and he can handle whatever load they need him to, um, I think there's a chance that the Dolphins go with just three running backs um, into the season. They keep one or two um, on uh, the practice squad. But if they do feel compelled um, to keep a fourth guy or if Mostert just isn't ready, fully 100 percent healthy, um, I think that, you know, the fourth spot would come down to Moss Gaskin, Savan Ahmed, Subhanji Wright or Jarek Dokes. And like I said, um, all those guys kind of have different backgrounds and um, kind of different ways or different reasons why you could kind of vouch for them um, for making the final spot. Um, but again, that's that's kind of the key thing, like is Mostert healthy? In June, he tweeted that he was close to 100%. Um, so that led you to believe that he's going to be ready to go for training camp. Um, so that's something to, to watch out for the for the running back group. But right now, I think that the the likelihood is that they go on with just three backs into the season. Um, next is wide receiver, and where as I said, um, it's going to be interesting to see how the battle for those final spots um, shakes out. Again, I think Hill, Waddle, Wilson, and Ezukama are all locks. Um, but I think they keep six wide receivers on the initial 53-man roster. Um, and then kind of a surprise, I think they go with Sherfield and Craig Kraft. Um, again, like I said, I think that special teams uh, ability and the knowledge of the McDaniel offense gives them the edge. Um, do Bowden and uh, Preston Williams offer more, excuse me, do Lynn Bowden and Preston Williams offer more on offense? I think most definitely. Um, but when you get to those final spot it's not so much about offense but also can you contribute on special teams and I think that there's established skill position players on that team who are going to be focal points of the offense I mean Hill, Waddle, and Wilson we're going to see a ton of them we might not see as much of Lim Bowden or Preston Williams unless it's maybe in some gadget niche roles um, so again if you're not going to contribute on offense consistently can you contribute on special teams uh, Sherford and Craycraft check off that box so I'm going to give the edge to those two guys um, but it would not surprise me if Lynn Bowden Jr. or Preston Williams um, or both of them sneak onto this 53-man roster. Um, next is tight end and fullback, which I will pretty much merge together because I think that um, in this offense, you're going to see um, some interchangeability, I guess, with uh, the tight end and the fullback position. Um, I got five guys um, from the tight end fullback group. Um, that's Mike Kosecki, Alec Ingold, Durham Smythe, Hunter Long, and Seaton Carter, which I guess maybe it's a surprise there. Um, Kaseki, Smythe, and Long are really no-brainers, as well as Alec Ingold. He's going to be the top fullback. You're going to see a lot of him um, on, in this offense, just like um, we see Kyle Juszczyk with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Um, but if, again, that final spot is kind of is kind of kind of shaky. If, if the Dolphins decision makers want to go with the final guy, um, and I'm always going to give the edge to the, to the special teams guy in a lot of cases that happens. Um, so I think that Ethan Carter kind of gets the edge. Um, I think with Smythe, you, you kind of have a guy, you know, well, with, I guess with leaving Shaheen out, um, the, my reasoning is you have a guy like Smythe who can do that. I mean, he can block and line. I think he's a better uh, route runner and pass catcher than him. Um, so now you're kind of looking for special teams. And I think Stephen Carter, who played a ton of special teams last year, um, I think that he gets the edge right there. Um, next is the offensive line, which uh, gets really interesting. And I'm going to divide it up into the offensive tackles and the offense, uh, interior offensive line. Um, so we're going to start with the offensive tackle position where um, I think that the starters are going to be Teron Armstead at left tackle, Austin Jackson at, at le uh, excuse me, right tackle. And after that, I think it's really up in the air. I think you have an open competition um, and anybody could secure those backup spots, whether it's a returning guy or it's one of these uh, undrafted rookies. Um, but in this case, I'm going to give the edge to three guys. I'm, I'm going to say Lionel Coleman, Robert Jones, 
and Kellen Deesh uh, secure the three quote unquote backup reserve spots. Um, this is pure projection right here. I, I think that um, definitely Kellen Deesh um, is a guy who I said before kind of has the, the skill set to really, um, you know, kind of turn some heads and, 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 and secure a spot. Um, but outside of that, you know, it's really just projection. Arnold Coleman was a, a former seventh round pick um, and, and Robert Jones was an undrafted free agent who the team, you know, saw they, they saw enough in him that they gave him a start in the final game of the season. Um, but again, if, if Greg Little, Adam Pinky, Keon Smith, and Blaze Andres, another undrafted free agent, if any of those guys or a combination of those guys um, were to make the final 53-man roster as a backup, um, it would not surprise me one bit. Because like I said, this is a new coaching staff, um, and they're going to seek certain things um, in their offensive linemen that maybe the previous regime did not. Um, so next is, and last, is the interior offensive line. Um, where I think that it's, it's going to be pretty straightforward, um, barring maybe one surprise, um, I have the starters as Liam Eichenberg is le at left guard, Colonel Williams at center, as we said, and then Robert Hunt at right guard. I, again, there could be some changes in terms of where guys start, but the five guys that I mentioned at the top of the pod, I think that those guys are, are going to be locked in um, at the end of the summer. And then I'm going to give a fourth and final interior line spot to Michael Dieter who, as you all know, started eight games at center last year. Um, but by all accounts, it just seems like, um, I don't know, I'd be surprised if he started, um, if he was a starter um, or written in as a starter at the end of uh, training camp. It seems like they're really going to lean into uh, Connor Williams at center and give him every opportunity to, to really, um, you know, seize and grasp that role, which is going to be a new position for him. Um, but again, um, I think Michael Dieter has a lot of um, value as a versatile option who can play center, he played left guard or he played guard as a, as a rookie. Um, and he, in a pinch, he can play tackle. It's, it's not what you want to see, but if, you know, situations became dire, um, he could play um, tackle in a pinch. Um, so that leaves guys like Solomon Kinley, Cole Banward um, on the outside looking in. But again, um, this is a new offensive coaching staff, new offensive line coach. Um, maybe they see something in a player that, we're just not seeing right now. And over time, uh, one of those guys kind of leapfrogs a guy on the depth chart and, and sneaks their way on a 53-man roster. Um, but this is how I uh, see the offense, uh, offense side of the ball shaking out um, at the end of training camp, which, like we said, uh, starts next week. Um, that brings us to the end um, of another edition of the Dolphins of Depth podcast. Um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Next week, we will be uh, back to preview the defense side of the ball ahead of the start of training camp. Um, but until then, um, definitely, like I said before, subscribe, share, like, comment. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, definitely want to hear what you guys think about my roster projection. And uh, if there's any, any players you think I'm sleeping on, definitely let me know. Um, but until then, uh, I'll see you guys next week. And you guys take care. See ya.